Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. Each fall, thousands of Wisconsin residents head outdoors with hopes of successfully outsmarting and capturing their prey. Wisconsin trappers often find themselves trying to ensnare nearly 10 different species of animals, from beavers to foxes and raccoons. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. The Wisconsin Trappers Association is dedicated to educating the public about how and why they trap. Alan Nickel, Trappers Education Instructor, says he was introduced to trapping at a young age. He explains how the trapping community compares to other outdoor recreational activities such as hunting. The trapping community is much like any other outdoor activity. We're not getting a whole lot of people to come back in to the sport after they've been out for a while. So retention is important to us to keep people active that we do have as members. It's a little difficult to get young people to come in because there's a change in the culture. But we do still do use utilize the parts of the animals as best as we can. Uh, some of the things that we do is obviously the fur. Uh, we use them for clothing, uh, make very warm hats and coats. Some of the animals have useful glands. Uh, beaver glands are used for high-end perfume and it's also used in some food products and I think the one that jumps out the most is vanilla ice cream. Skunk essence that smells so terribly bad that is in extremely high and perfumes. They found a way to remove that real strong smell and there's an oil base that's left over so they can add flower smells to it or whatever scent that they want and that's where that comes from. We believe we're about 2,500. I'm not positive of those numbers because it changes from year to year but that's just for the Wisconsin Trappers Association membership. We do have other one, folks that are not uh, members and they just trap on their own. But those folks come to our door knocking about questions and, you know, what should I do with hides and, and stuff like that. And is that on track or pretty average over the years to have that many? Or has that changed quite a bit? It's relatively stable. Uh, we don't get a big surge of people coming in. The only thing that we would have a big surge like that is if fur prices were to take off. And right now they are at pretty low levels right now. So just like those who hunt, you know, they have to take a hunter safety course, but there's also a trapper's education course. So what makes trapping unique from some of those other outdoor activities that people are maybe more well aware of? I can take someone that hunts, teach him how to be a trapper, and I will make them a better hunter. If you hunt upland game, uh, deer, whatever, you're just looking for the animal itself. As a trapper, you're going to look for where those animals live, where they feed, and where they rest during the day. And it's a game of playing connect the dots where you find one of those areas and you can actually go from one to the other and you'll find out that you can learn from deer and the, just any wildlife, so waterfowl, all of it has a just a big connection. How does trapping benefit the environment and the communities that you're trapping in? A lot of people have problems with raccoons. That seems to be the skunks, raccoons are the number one and two problems. Uh, they'll burrow underneath houses. And if it's a raccoon, it's not a big deal. But if it's a skunk, it's a smelly deal. There are ways that we can remove them from the property and take them someplace else and release them. If not, we can... 
go and take care of the animal ourselves and we will utilize the animal as much as we possibly can. There's some agencies will uh, animal damage control. They will come out to properties and take care of the animals for you. Uh, some are quite expensive. Some trappers don't charge as much, but it's it, it works out nice as if it's a farm that the raccoons are given the farmer problems eating grain, raising problems with uh, chickens, livestock. Then we might be able to get a deal that we can go and trap on their property and keep the population down for them. So, can you explain to me some of the equipment, the traps that you trappers use throughout Wisconsin, and how does that compare to, you know, hunting? There's things, tricks of the trade that you guys use. Yes, we have certain style and sizes of traps for specific critters. Uh, we have large traps for large animals, small ones for small animals. You wouldn't want to go out and use a beaver trap to catch a muskrat. It would just not work very well. The muskrat would escape. And the other way around, if we're trapping beavers, you wouldn't be able to hold a beaver in a muskrat trap. So we are very species-specific. Some of our traps are limited to three species. It's an enclosed trigger-style trap. It's either a pull or a push trigger. They are limited to possum, skunks, and raccoons because they have a hand with somewhat of an opposable thumb that they can reach and grab things. And that enclosed trap has the trigger down in the bottom. You put the smell down in there to attract them and they feel down and they grab that and that's what holds the foot. So you can use them in areas where you don't want to catch a dog. Uh, somebody's house cat uh, works really great in barnyards and stuff like that. And earlier you mentioned that there's a gap in them and that serves a purpose. And it is, in a sense, more humane than people may realize. Can you take me through and explain that to people who maybe aren't as familiar with it? We have a program out there. It's called Best Management Programs. And they take all styles of all manufacturers of traps and they actually take them out into the field. And the trappers are the ones that gives the data to send back to the best manage management practice people so they can go and do a necropsy on the critter to see what kind of damage was done to the fur, to the skeletal system, the muscular system. We want to hold the animal as securely as we can, but we do not want them to be tortured or injured. Uh, we're very, very cognizant of trying to make it as comfortable as possible. Some of the traps have offset jaws and that allows for blood flow to go to the toes so the animal doesn't chew the toes off. If it does cut the blood flow off, they can't feel their toes, and that's where the old myth comes from, that they'll chew their foot off to escape the trap. And it's just like wrapping a rubber band around your finger. You can't feel it after a while, they get chewing, and then they pull their foot out. It's two different cultures. You're either for trapping or you're against it, and there's some people that are on the fence. Uh, the ones that do not believe in trapping, uh, fishing and hunting as well, we try to explain our side of it and the reasons why we do it. Someone that catches a raccoon in Wisconsin will put it up and sell it at an auction, and that could end up in Russia or China. Greece used to buy a lot of our material. Russia is very big on wild furs just for everyday use. It's not for fashion, it's for everyday use. And if anyone's ever been near 
uh, wild fur garment and has tried it on, it's very, very, very warm. And it's very pleasant to look at. They're soft, so there's a lot of nice things about it. We're not going to try to switch anybody over from not believing in trapping. We just want to educate them on why we do it and how we do it. And that's, it's like everything else, just educating those that don't know. We had one year at a class that we did, a lady showed up and said, I'm not going to trap. And we asked her why she was there. She said, her friends were talking about trapping and they were saying how bad it was. They asked her for her opinion and she says, I don't know anything about it. So she didn't give an opinion. She took the Trapper's Ed class, and we begrudgingly wanted to ask her what she thought, and she goes, they were wrong. So the myths and misconceptions that those people had were incorrect on what we actually do. It's like anything else. If you're not involved in it, you don't know. What is the price, roughly, that you can get for a raccoon hide or something like that? We're still in the downward trend. Uh, I don't have any numbers on how many different hides are are sold. Every part of the United States has a different zone. And the quality of hides varies by zone. And the time of year that they're caught matters as well. Prime time for most fur bearers is going to be someplace late October to early spring. The fur is going to be the most prime and there's another underlayer of fur below. That's the insulator part of it. That is different than from what like a summer hide would be. So it does have a big difference on what specific species, what time of year, and what zone it is. That was Alan Nickel, Wisconsin Trappers Association Trappers Education Instructor. To learn more about trapping, look for the link to their website in our article at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.